one thing today is I'm going to focus on minding my own business. I'm a people pleaser and I tend to think that I know better and I could do it better and I'm just saying I'm going to focus on minding my own business, not try to fix things for people or give them unsolicited advice or tell them how to better do something. All right, Terry, I'm joining your team today. <laughs> you know, everybody has a gift, and I've always felt my gift is telling people how they should live. <laughs> and uh, so I got to watch out for that because, um, A, I'm not always right, a lot less than I would uh, like to think. And uh, secondly, not everybody wants to hear it. And third, it makes it difficult when you're married to someone, you're trying to give them great instructions on how to live, right? That doesn't work, right, Joel? Doesn't work so well. Anyway, today we're continuing our discussion from yesterday on the power of one thing, how one thing can change your life. We got some great stories on hold, ready to go. Sarah and Dennis and and uh, Christine, we're getting to your calls here in a moment, so just uh, hang on and uh, to be a part of, of the show. Uh, but we'd love to have you call and share on our storyline. Our storyline is open uh, for the hour at triple eight triple eight seventeen seventeen triple eight triple eight. 1717 is is that phone number the power of one thing let's go christine in kansas how you doing oh not bad today well tell me about it what one thing is uh, working in your life well i've kind of got a new perspective in life recently um i'm 60 years old and have 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 struggled with depression since the age of seven Mm mm-hmm and for most of those years, I have really felt like I was doing something wrong because I didn't feel the joy and peace that you know that the life in Christ had promised. Um, but I heard the song "Even If" by Mercy Me, and it kind of helped me realize that I'm not the only one who struggles in, yeah. in, as Christians. Because you know, early on, I kept getting told that, "Oh, you must be doing something wrong. You must be have." You know, have some unconfessed sin in your life. Otherwise, why are you still suffering like this? Why, why do you feel so down all the time? But it wasn't really so much what I was doing or failing at, other than maybe I wasn't trusting in Christ enough to lead me through the storm instead of going or yeah. taking me around it or outside of it. Well, and also, when it comes to depression, depression is a medical issue. I mean, it's a brain chemistry issue. Um and yes, we, we, we as Christians, we trust God. We learn to tell ourselves the truth. There's a lot about the power of the negativity that we put into our minds and learning to think differently. Cog, our cognit, you know, The cognitive therapy is a part of the process for many people with depression. That's really nothing more than helping people think differently and respond differently. But sometimes there are medical uh, practitioners, or there'll be a medication that'll help and so on. And so I encourage people, if you're struggling with depression, not to say, what am I doing wrong and God doesn't love me, uh, but to realize that many people struggle with this. It, uh, it is a condition and there's treatment available and finding help is a powerful thing. And that's a good reminder for us today, uh, Christine, that when we struggle with an issue like depression, you know, it could be cancer, you get help. You know, you a broken leg, you get help. You have depression, you admit it, that you struggle with it and get some help. It's not a weakness. In fact, it can be a strength uh, when we allow God to to work through that in our lives. Talking about the power of one thing, thank you, uh, Christine. Let me go to Dennis is next in Arizona. Hi, Dennis. How are you doing today? 
Hi, Dr. Carlson. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. What's my, your one thing? My quest that uh, I prayed about for over a year now, two years, because it's not being talked about. I was just talking to your guy that interviewed me a little bit first about sexual immorality. Um, we know how prominent it is on social media. It's been since, you know, dawn of time and everything. And I prayed and prayed and God kept saying, yes, you can and everything. And the reason why I, I love doing it, and like I was telling him, is because the joy I get, you don't know how many people now that have come to me almost on a daily basis, and I strictly use the Bible because I do have some uh, knowledge about it. But the fact is I've talked to people out of uh, living together, having premarital sex, uh, and everything because nobody really – seems to want to take the time in this day and age to talk about it. It's like kind of taboo. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll go to certain people, say, well, I don't want to go there. And everything. I know, you know, it, it can be embarrassing and everything. And at first for me, uh, Dr. Carlson, it was, you know, because I was hearing things and everything. But, um, but the joy that when God kept telling me, you need to be talking about this because not enough people are. And like I was telling him and telling people, the joy I get when they came back, hey, you know what? That girl I was going with, she wasn't meant for me. Uh, I, I did what you said, go to Christ. And I tell them about, you know, bring you up about trying in 30 days without, you know, doing something and all this other stuff. But I always use, I mean, scripture after scripture after scripture. And I tell them to read that every day, every mm-hmm. day, every day. Well, Dennis, listen, I want to congratulate you on being able to encourage other people. I would encourage you to really be careful and ensure that you're under the authority of some people that can help guide you, stand with you, encourage you on this journey as you, in turn, share your story and help other guys, other men that are coming along uh, that uh, struggle with this. Because like you said, you're not alone. Their whole ministries uh, developed to help people. And today in the culture in which we live, which is almost an anything goes culture, uh, things that um, are not helping us in the area of our sexual morality and our sexual life, um, in where it's been normalized in our culture, uh, can be difficult when someone's wrestling with that. They're trying to figure out this is this something that, as a Christian, I should be a part of or not be a part of, and what's right or not right, and what does the Bible teach? Staying focused on God's word and doing this um, under the authority of people who. Um, can encourage you on your journey because obviously you know, you've been around long enough to know uh, where the vulnerability uh, will lay or lie rather. All right, here we are. Well, let's take a quick break, Joel. We'll come back, uh, get this to Sarah and Eric, hold on, and others who are joining us today. We're talking about the power of doing the next right one thing. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio. We are Intentional Living, and we'll be right back. Hi, my name is Ruth, and um, since listening to your radio station, I wanted to just say that my entire life has changed. I have a different opinion and a different attitude towards, you know, how I run my life and manage my life. The intentional living is that I recognize that God has blessed me financially and uh, spiritually with my family. 
I, I think the intention of living part for me is that I'm finding ways to give back to my community and uh, making that an intentional part of what I do every day. How do you confront disrespect? Hi, I'm Dr. Randy Carlson with another Intentional Living Minute. You know, it all depends who the disrespect is from. Some of it, frankly, you let it kind of roll off your back if you can. You have to ignore it, move on, take whatever truth you might have heard, and let your life move forward. But in other situations, with other relationships, you can't ignore disrespect. Remember this, when someone is disrespecting another person, that is not a strength, that's a weakness. And in my book, Star for Affection, I have a whole chapter dedicated to what I call active respect. Active respect says that I intentionally love you so much that I'm going to clearly state what I consider to be disrespect in this relationship and if necessary, hold you accountable. And when you do that, that's intentional living. Visit us at theintentionallife.com. You know, I was thinking about uh, my call just before the break there with uh, Dennis, and Dennis was talking about um, having a ministry reaching, you know, men, encouraging them about morality and what the Bible teaches about their sexual life, and to see that many times God will use those those things that we've overcome or dealt with in our life to help other people, and to do it in a healthy way, you know, because listen, Satan will always come and probe those areas where where we're the weakest. I mean, any any person or any battle plan will always look for the weak spot in the enemy's line to break through. And so it's an area of vulnerability, but it can also be an area of real help and strength and encouraging other people. We're talking about the power of one thing. What one thing is making a difference? To you, Sarah, in Tennessee, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Carlson. Go right ahead. What's uh, what's your one thing today? I think my one thing is um, over the last six months, I've been struggling in my co-parenting relationship in regards to my 13-year-old boy. Um, and he's lived with me um, pretty much all his life and his sister and go to dad every other weekend. And um, something has turned in the last six months in which now his father has tried to convince him to stay with him where he lives out of state. Mm. And through the summer when he came back, it was I had a total different son. He had a cold, long, emotional barrier with me. I couldn't get through and I really had to get on my knees and pray mm. and and ask God to show me the way because as a mother, I was lost. I did not know how to get through my son. And God gave me the strength to the end of the summer. Um, I was able through only God and the Holy Spirit and your program that gives me so much strength every day um, to convince, for lack of a better word, my son to stay with me and, and our family here. And I'm calling today because I praise God for that. Um, however, I am up to the same battle again as the second school semester is about to begin now in the winter. And we're back to where dad is trying to, again, 
convince him to go back to where he lives. So, well, Sarah, you're you're facing some issues that uh, many families face after a divorce. Um, they're all unique and they're different. Um, of course, there's always legal issues of you know what kind of a if you're divorced, what kind of decree and, and what did you come to terms with and what does the states require and so on. I can't speak to that, but from a relationship standpoint, um, what you can do is be the parent that your child needs when they're with you. You're loving, caring, setting boundaries, um, being clear on what's important. Um, if you can't have a good relationship with his father uh, and talk about you know, can we agree to disagree on some things, but at least come to some term on how we're going to co-parent? In other words, get to a place where we're going to have some agreement on some things. That can be powerful as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, you're speaking to a really difficult thing. Today, as we talk about one thing, that would be the question. You know, what one thing can you do? And that is to be present when your child is there, be the parent your child needs when they're there, and trust God in the process as you're raising that child. That's the power of one thing. Sorry you're going through that, uh, Sarah, but you're not alone. All right, uh, how about uh, Pamela? Let's go to Pamela in, uh, let me see, not sure where you are, Pamela, but welcome to the show. What's your one thing? Well, mine actually started with just choosing to live intentionally a number of years ago. But about two to three years ago, I made the choice to not go to bed at night without reading at least a few verses. Hmm. And that has had just, I've read through the Bible. Uh, This year I've been working on just different books of the Bible, and I'm just about to finish John, and I've been so blessed with, I never realized before how from the very beginning of John, it just declares who Jesus is. Hmm. And so I've, I've, but I've had a side effect of this in that I sleep better at night. That's <laughs> so, yeah, true. Well, it changes your mind. Yeah. Just, you know, ending the day with a few verses of the Word, and that permeates my brain through the night while I'm sleeping. Hmm. Good and, for you. Uh, yeah. It's How much a, time do you spend doing this every day? Oh, it's not many. It's a few minutes. Yeah. So you yeah. know, it's the last few minutes before yeah. I go to sleep at night. It might be five verses. It might be a chapter. It might be more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the fact is you're being consistent and doing the next right one thing. And there's, there, you know, really the reason we focus on this thing and the power of one thing is really what we're trying to do here. Our, our hidden agenda is this. Uh, when we When we make the decision to say, this is my one thing for the next 30 days, by the end of 30 days, that could easily become a new habit in your life, a better habit, a habit that's going to be more supportive of your values, the direction you're taking, the impact on your life. And you know what? Well, we've talked about the 30-day challenge around here. We hear back from people who say that 30-day challenge changed my life. Um, taking 30 days to develop a new habit. Wow. In fact, the uh, Joel, let's. Uh, Brandon left a comment with us uh, from Georgia about the 30-day challenge, how it impacted his life. I think you have that queued up. Uh, take a listen. He talks about how a 30-day challenge is impacting him. Take a listen. The number one thing that I've been focusing on is doing the 30-day challenge and how it's affecting my life. As I continue with this 30-day challenge, I continue to have more of a positive outlook on things, more of a positive mindset. The 30-day challenge has just impacted my life in so many ways that I can't even describe. 
and I continue to press forward on the 30-day challenge and ask for prayers and support during that time. Thank you so much. Mm. Have a nice day. All right. Thank you, Brandon. And that was a reminder when we when we received that about just one more of the hundreds and hundreds of comments we've heard from people who have uh, shared with us about this 30-day challenge, you know, one thing for 30 days. Uh, I don't know what it is for you. It might be in the area of your health, having to do with what you eat or exercise, or it could be in the area of your spiritual life, your spiritual development, in your prayer life, or spending time with God in Scripture, making that a new habit. It can change your life. Maybe it's the way or the words you use making a decision to change the words that you use and how you speak to your spouse or to your siblings or your kids or coworkers and how that can change your life. Learning to be intentional, even in one thing, you know what it is in your life that would make the biggest difference, and then following through on that for 30 days uh, can be, be a huge deal. All right, let's take another ba- uh, break here, Joel. We'll come back. we got some more callers uh, you're always welcome to share in our comment line, by the way, 888 He loves us no matter who we are, where we've been, what we've done. He doesn't tolerate us. He doesn't use us. He doesn't abuse us in our relationship with Him. He loves us. Four things. Number one, He sees us when others don't. He understands us when others don't. He acts in positive ways in our life when others don't. He cares for us when others don't. Hmm. You know, a lot of people feel unloved. I think we all do from time to time, but some can be a pervasive issue. Maybe it's the way you've been raised or the relationships that you're in. And uh, you're really feeling isolated and unloved. That's, that's a painful thing. And as I was reading scripture in preparation for the lesson for intentional living this month, I started to notice that uh, there were characters in the, in the Bible who were struggling with not being loved. They simply weren't being loved. Uh, Leah is a great example in the book of Genesis. It says that when God saw that she was unloved, he opened her womb. And it set me on a journey to look at some other characters in Scripture and see that God has a way of sort of making up the difference in the lives of people sometimes that are feeling unloved. And it could be unique and different for every person. And I think it's something he wants to do for you or someone you know who might be feeling that as well. And so this lesson this month from our Intentional Living Educational Center uh, has been designed and developed for those of you who feel unloved or someone you know who does could be a sibling or someone at church or someone in your own family or maybe you. And so the lesson has gone out to our membership community around the country. And um, every month we do that with a brand new lesson. It comes either by email, it comes by email, uh, but both video and audio, the same lesson. Some of you like to just listen to it maybe as more as a podcast and some of you like to see the video as well. So we send it out, and some of you are receiving the CD still, and that's fine. Um, but I hope it's a helpful help to you. So can I just extend an invitation? We, we would love to have you be a part of this community here at Intentional Living. With the doors are open, I invite you to come on in and be a part of it. And when you support us each month, we're listener-supported. 
whatever the amount is, there's no set amount, you know. We just send this newsletter or this online uh, teaching as a way of saying thanks for your support and to encourage you in your journey uh, for intentional living. How do I do that, you ask? Glad you ask. Just come on over to theintentionallife.com, theintentionallife.com, and click on that Donate button, okay? And uh, when you do, you have all the information you need to uh, sign up and be a part of the show. Okay, today we're talking about the power of one thing and how one thing done over time can change a habit, change a life. We're hearing the stories. Here's another one, Angela from Arizona. How? Tell me a little bit about how one thing has changed you. Being honest. Has that been a problem up to now? Yes, it has. I was on uh, drugs on and off for 11 years. Mm. Um, 28 years old. I got two kids. Um, I just recently got in and out of rehabs. Um, I relapsed once, and I figured out why. Why? It was mainly because I wasn't telling the truth. I wasn't being honest with myself. Mm. I wasn't dedicating myself to being a better person. Yeah, one of the laws of intentional living, in fact, the first one is taking 100% responsibility for ourselves, being honest, because ultimately yeah, we only kill ourselves, don't we? busy dwelling on what others had done to me, but yeah. I didn't look at myself. Good for you. Do you have some accountability in this in this journey? Oh, yes. Good, good. Everybody does. You know what I mean? None of us are perfect. No, and that's, but, but in, in some of our cases, in all of our cases, when we have accountability groups, someone we can be accountable to, it can be a big, big help to us. We'll be praying for you, Angela, and thank you for sharing your story. And stay at it. Truth every day. Living in truth. That's a first step in living intentionally. Oh, yeah. It's opened my heart up a lot more. My one thing is to change my thoughts. One thing that I would like to do be more intentional with our finances. For my husband, the one thing that I do is zoom in on what he's doing right. My intentional one thing that I do every day, I started to just build people up. My one intentional thing is not using credit cards. The one thing I can work on, talking less and listening more, um, especially with my wife. Intentional one thing for the day is doing the right thing, and it has impacted my life. And it will, and it can, and it should. And that's why we're talking about it here today from our Intentional Living Center. We've got time for just a few more comments from people who have shared with us. Let's go to Galen next. What's your one thing? Hello, Randy. It's Galen Spangler. I've been listening to your show a long time. In your discussion about intentional living, how long does it take to do the one right thing? If you're driving a car, sometimes it has to be fast. Other times it has to be steady to make sure you are going to make the right decision when it comes. And when the light turns green, you need to move on or get honked. Um, when you're doing your job, make sure you get the I's dotted and the T's crossed. In the workplace, a lot of times people choose to not do the right thing when even the Bible says his burden is light. Just do what he tells you to do, what he tells you to do, and life's easier. Mm, that's for sure. Thank you, Galen. Appreciate that. These are some 
recorded. These are people who left some comments with us about one thing. Let's let's go to the Michigan caller. Kimberly wants to, to talk about uh, the power of one thing. Go ahead. Hi, my name is Kimberly, and I'm calling in to get signed up for the 30 days commitment. And one is decluttering my house, and two is trying to declutter my mind and stop cursing that I would like to be intentional about for the next 30 days in honor of God. Okay, there you go. Pray for Kimberly. I think we got time for another one. How about Tara in uh, Washington? Hi, this is Tara. I wanted to uh, make my 30-day commitment to lay off chocolate. I have found that I'm allergic to it. (laughs) My voice is kind of scratchy right now, and my ears are ringing, and I find that when I intentionally laid off chocolate for three days, I wasn't having so much trouble with that at all. I went on and off a couple times to see if that was it, and it's chocolate. I'm glad you're having this challenge because I have not been able to just thoroughly get off of it on my own. Well, uh, the best to you. I'd love to hear how it's going. Did you find success in that, uh, Kimberly? It's powerful when you do. Uh, looks like we're getting close to the end here. Let, let's do this. Uh, let's. Uh, Tara left a comment from Washington. Uh, we just heard her talk about chocolate, but we'd love to hear. I got a little montage of some others who have said, hey, here's the power of one thing in my life. I think we've got time for it, don't we? Uh, let's take a listen. My one thing is intentionally having a prayer and having God in my heart all the time. My one thing is to wake up in the morning cheerful. My one thing is that I put up a scripture on the board and I recite it every morning. My one thing today is I'm going to focus on minding my own business. There's one thing for 30 days, um, might be to stay more positive, um, I just recently found God. You know, if you've been listening today, I think we made the point. You're not going to miss one thing about intentional living. We make a we make a point, and uh, it's a simple point, but a powerful point today. It's about the power of one thing. Which, by the way, when we look at what is this process that we talk about of intentional living, uh, step number four is doing one thing daily. That's really what we focused on today. Step number four. Now there are um, other steps in the process. Five total. Um, nothing magical. They're biblically based. Uh, it'll help us be, live closer to Christ and better in our life and less regrets. But today, focusing on one of those four, doing one thing daily. It really comes uh, from the book that I wrote on the power of one thing, which is essential and, and uh, important when it comes to uh, this, uh, this message. So thanks for joining me. We'd love to hear your comments again at 888 I want to say thanks to our members who have so faithfully supported the ministry to allow us to be here again today. And Joel, thank you for being our chief engineer. Great job. A-plus today. Andrew, our Facebook pilot, thank you for your help. And then Stephen, our uh, senior producer, he's making sure everything, everything else goes as it should. Uh, we appreciate it. So on behalf of our team and our membership community for their support, thank you for tuning in today. You can share this. We have a podcast that you're, you know goes online every day. Uh, when you come to theintentionallife.com, you'll find it. Or wherever you find your podcast, just put in Intentional Living, and there we are. We'll be there for you. Uh, that's a very practical thing. 
And I want to say thanks to the stations along the line today. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your life and for all of our friends on Facebook. So have a great day. Do one thing today that will bring glory to God and benefit to those that you love and encouragement to yourself. Have a great day.